Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang. Welcome to Finding Certainty. If you're a new listener, we appreciate you stopping by and getting to know us a little bit. If you're a recurring patron, we appreciate your your consistency. We know you uh, keep coming back. We know you keep checking in. We really appreciate your patronage. So a very special guest today, Mr. Matt Osborne, who is the chief operating officer of an organization that we are very passionate about, very impressed with, and um, one of those organizations that's making a real difference in the world. Matt is, uh, as I said, COO. Thanks for being with us today, Matt. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Patrick. I appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. You know, I always start the show out uh, mentioning a couple of reasons why I've invited this specific guest on Finding Certainty. And first and foremost is that Matt and his team at Operation Underground Railroad are combating one of the fastest growing criminal enterprises in the world. It's the it's the child trafficking and uh, slavery um, arena, I guess, is I, I don't want to call it an industry, but it's a it's a pandemic is what it is. And Matt and his team are helping put a dent in that. And it's so important. There's more and more people talking about it, more and more awareness being created. But it is one of the fastest growing criminal enterprises in the world. And Matt probably understands the efforts to combat this better than just about anyone else. He's been a part of OUR for about nine years now, right, Matt? Correct. And OUR started about 10 years ago. Is that correct? Coming up on our 10th anniversary later this year and then into 2024, because it was sort of late 2013, early 2014. So you've been there almost from the beginning. You've seen it evolve a lot. Seen uh, highs and lows, I'm sure. Uh, like any startup, there's growing pains, there's uh, peaks and valleys, and uh, you have literally been there almost from the very beginning. So that's the other reason I wanted to invite you here. You've seen it, and you can help us tell the story of OUR, which is something everybody needs to hear, I believe. So it is amazing how much we have evolved. And, you know, just to talk about the problem, and you mentioned it, but I think for your listeners and for viewers that, the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world, as you said. How many times can you sell a bag of cocaine one time? How many times can you sell a human being over and over again? And because we see this problem increasing in severity in the United States and around the world, we know because we're former government officials. I was a former uh, member of the CIA and U.S. Department of State for 12 years. We know that governments can only do so much, even the U.S. government, who has so many tools at its disposal. That's why Operation Underground Railroad, a nonprofit, exists to empower law enforcement in the U.S. and around the world to fight this problem. But we can't do it without awareness. And so that's why we're so grateful for this platform, Finding Certainty for you, Patrick, your viewers, listeners. Thank you for this opportunity over this next hour to talk about this issue. But one thing I'll say that there is hope, there is light. It's not all darkness. We go into the darkness, we bring the light. And I'm excited to share a little bit more about our organization today. Well, I love that, you know, and I I appreciate you taking the time. I know how busy you are. The, uh, you know, the topic of light, I think, is an important one. And it's definitely something we want to 
kind of dig into during this episode because it, this is a dark topic, right? It's a topic that many people have a hard time talking about or even thinking about. They they uh, kind of avoid it, right? And they'll, they out of sight, out of mind type thing. They think if I don't think about it, I don't have to worry about it. Maybe it doesn't really exist, right? And And yet that is changing. And it's one of the things that we're very encouraged by is people are realizing when it's real, there is really a problem. It's not just in some foreign country. It's right next door. It's in our own backyard. It's all over the world. It's getting worse in many respects. And yet there are organizations like OUR and others that are shining a light on it and making a dent, right? It might be the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world, but there are some amazing organizations that are stemming that tide and, and seeking to dispel that darkness, right? And I mean, you, you know it better than I, I mean, you're right in the, in the midst of it and you have been for a long time. You've, you've had a number of different roles at OUR all the way up to today as the uh, chief operating officer. You know, as you look back on the last nine years, what have you seen has changed within the industry and within OUR? Is there anything that stands out to you? One of the reasons that our founder, Tim Ballard, decided to leave a very secure, cushy government job. One of the reasons he got me out of the CIA and U.S. Department of State, a cushy job with Uncle Sam paying us faithfully twice a month, access to government health care, a pension waiting for us in just five or six years that we gave up to join this Operation Underground Railroad, is because we saw the problem getting worse. Back then in 2013, 2014, we saw that there were great groups out there on the front end of this issue, raising awareness, holding conferences, focused on prevention. And that is the long-term solution. We saw great groups on the back end, as you mentioned, Patrick, aftercare, restoration and rehabilitation homes. But we saw very few, if any, groups who would go into the darkest corners of the world and would empower law enforcement in the United States to actually rescue those currently being held in slavery, not to wait 100 years or 200 years for society to change, for men to realize that these are victims, not volunteers. This is this is trafficking, not prostitution. That's the long-term solution. But Tim Ballard and, and, and me and, and others saw that, okay, we have to empower law enforcement. So over the past many years, we've seen evolution in a positive way. More and more organizations that we try to unite with uh, to, to fight this, but also more awareness because of platforms like yours, because of the movie Sound of Freedom, because of documentaries out there. So we actually are more optimistic than pessimistic for the long term, even though, as you mentioned, the problem's getting worse. Rampant pornography, internet pornography, the COVID pandemic lockdowns that forced people into their homes for 18 months to two years and watch pornography, the objectification of women, the over-sexualization of our culture. So we're up against a lot of evil and a lot of weapons. However, I am more optimistic because of, again, opportunities like this today to get awareness out for people to realize, ah, this exists and there's something I can do about it. Well, you know, Matt, one of the things that um, we love about OUR, and you just hit it right on the head, is that you're playing the long game as well as the short game, right? You're you, you know, it's a, it's awareness in general, getting society involved. It does not happen overnight, right? It's going to take a long time, and yet we're seeing it improve. We're seeing, you know, you, you mentioned Sound of Freedom. 
this uh, i mean it's it's a worldwide phenomenon right it's come it came out of nowhere it was funded by crowdfunding it was indie film it didn't have the big uh, the big production house support and so forth and yet it's an well over a hundred million dollars it's going international now et cetera et cetera and so there's that's very exciting because we're seeing things like sound of freedom i guess accelerate the work right accelerate that mission and yet to your point oh you are and tim had this vision of being able to get there faster to not just take the long the, the long game as i call it you know not just wait and hope and build build awareness and get society involved but but get proactive and go after and, and do some things that can accelerate that that effort in some significant ways you know it's maybe talk a little bit about that because you know tim's story is incredible or uh, you know i'm a big fan he uh he did leave a a, a, a cushy jo a federal job as you call it and it was just months before he was going to qualify for his pension i know you left a federal position federal job and gave up your pension and your health care and everything as you said i've heard tim say that he, this is what he'll do the rest of his life this is a this is a more than just a job it's a mission and a cause that needs to be embraced and so do you mind sharing your your thoughts on that topic those are great questions tim loved his job with the u.s department of homeland security homeland security investigations he did amazing work going after u.s pedophiles and predators rescuing u.s children but if his cases his cases had to end up in a u.s court of law if there was no u.s nexus no u.s tie he couldn't work the case so he's a man of faith. He prayed about it. He said, well, that leaves all the vast majority of children out of my reach, out of the reach of the U.S. government. So he took that leap of faith. He also saw that the U.S. government and other governments, they're, they're great at what they do, but he used the analogy that they're like an aircraft carrier. If you can get them out of port and get them going, boy, they can do some good work, but it takes a while to turn them. It takes a while to move. He wanted Operation Underground Railroad to be a jet ski, a go-fast boat, a, a PT boat, if you will, to get forces to where they are needed. And that's what we felt that we could do. We've had so much success, but it's taken a while to convince governments that we are not a cowboy vigilante organization, which we're not. It's taken a while, country by country sometimes, operation by operation, case by case, to build this trust and build this confidence. But I'm so grateful that over these past nine years, we are now operational and have been in over 40 countries around the world. And we've provided some sort of operational support in all 50 U.S. states. In the U.S., we work behind the scenes. We provide funding, training, tools, technology, whatever the need is police departments, sheriff's offices, task forces. Overseas, we do the same thing, but we're allowed by law. We use the American face, the Western face, because that's who's causing this problem for the most part. That's who's creating the demand. So we use the American and Western face to turn it on its head and work with law enforcement around the world to make the rescues and get the children back into uh, back into, into aftercare, back to their family or into aftercare homes, which is maybe something we can talk more about throughout this hour, because that's the most important part of the aftercare but we also see we've got to do the rescues we've got to do the operations well you know you you think about it you're really not just leading by example showing what can be done but i love the fact that you're not just trying to do it on your own 
You're not just uh, giving a man a fish as they say, you're teaching them how to fish, right? You are working in conjunction with law enforcement and and giving them not just funding, but but training and technology and insights. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of great organizations out there. There's great, you know, law enforcement uh, branches and so forth, but they don't have the experience to to uh, combat this like they can. And that's where I think some of the greatest value you're bringing is helping accelerate their learning curve because I think they have the desire. I mean, any, you know, any viable law enforcement wants to combat this, but but by you coming in and giving them technologies and, 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 and training and insights and support, you know, one, you're expanding your reach, but two, you are empowering them to take this much further than uh, you could than than they could without you. That's exactly right. No, you could without them, right? <laughs> exactly. A couple examples: one overseas and one in the U.S. A Central American country. Uh, I'm actually down there now. That's why I hope that the the, the, the it's a monsoon outside. So apologies <laughs> if anything's not good. We're doing some work here, but in a Central American country, they have the desire, as you just said, Patrick, they want to do things. They knew, for instance, three weeks ago where some traffickers were exploiting children. They didn't have enough money to put gas in their mopeds to drive to that area to make the arrest. Sometimes in, in the hinterlands in these countries, they don't have enough money for gas, for hostel, for food. That's what we do. We provide them that so that we take away any excuses for them to be able to do it. In the U.S., even in the Pacific Northwest, a great organization, a great law enforcement group uh, had the technology, had everything, but they had to do their day jobs. They were working on homicides and white-collar crimes, vehicle thefts. They didn't have the time to focus on child trafficking. We paid overtime. We paid for them to be able to work weekends because they wanted to do it. We were able to help them rent a sting house, furnish it with you know booze and food and, and children's toys and sorry to say but you know children's clothing and underwear stuff that these pedophiles would want to see when they get there and then they were able to do a 48 hour rolling sting operation they arrested a hundred successful pedophiles over there or suspected suspected pedophiles over that time just because we were able to provide uh, this type of resources we'll do whatever it takes to fight this crime well i love the you know i talk about proactivity about being proactive not just waiting for it to happen but actually going out and making it happen and you know that's a principle and an example for all of us right i always say awareness is key but engagement is is even more important because it doesn't do us any good if we know about it but do nothing and so you're leading by example you're showing how to be proactive but you're also being creative i mean one of the things i'll give you i'll give one example i came to your um your fundraising gala that was at um it was in uh, thousand oaks uh, last year uh, or excuse me, Laguna Niguel. And um, they had one of the dogs there that are trained to sniff for electronics. I don't think a lot of people realize that there are dogs that can go into a, a, a house, a child pornographer's house or something, and they're trained to sniff out where that flash drive is hidden or that CD or that disc drive or whatever that gives you the evidence, right, that you have to convict that person. Now, you have just so for all of our listeners, OUR has now been responsible, and you probably know the exact statistics, but thousands and thousands of children have been rescued. And not just that, but thousands of predators, child pornographers, traffickers have been arrested by partnering with these law enforcement 
groups, etc. And imagine how many tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of children will be protected by those arrests and convictions. Do you know the exact numbers you can share? Yeah, uh, just over 7,000 victims have been supported by Operation Underground Railroad. So we've helped in the rescue of over 7,200 and in the arrest of almost 7,000 suspected predators and traffickers. I, I mean, I don't know this statistic, but it said that a predator during his lifetime is likely to exploit and harm over 100 children and individuals. So as you just said, if we take them off the streets, how many children are rescued who didn't even know that, that they needed rescue? So right. that's statistics. And I don't know if we can get the whole story in before the break. You let me know. But these canines are amazing. Everyone's heard of a bomb sniffing dog and a drug sniffing dog. But as you mentioned, they can sniff out the glue compound in USB, hard drive, uh, you know, thumb drives, SD cards, cell phones, stuff that these predators can hide in a room, hide where, you know, the human eye can't see it. And yet these dogs will come in and sniff it and help law enforcement find this material. This has led to so many arrests, so much child pornography, child sex abuse material uh, retrieved and, 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 and taken back. It is incredible. We placed 85 of the 115 dogs in existence today, Operation Underground Railroad. That's incredible. And they're just going to keep saving more and more victims, you know, whether they're children or even adults. I mean, the slavery affects more than just children. I know that's your focus, as it should be, but this is a rampant problem. And I love the proactivity. I love the creativity. I love the you know the partnership with the law enforcement uh, branches because this is a big problem. We all need to take part in it. You can't do it on your own. You know that as much as uh, you wish you could. Um, I think it's one of the reasons why shows like this and movies like Sound of Freedom and others are so important because we need to realize this is our problem, not just yours. And... Um, we are up against our first break, but we, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, as we talk about this topic, I want to come back and talk a little bit about pornography because it is at the heart of what this industry or this, this, I call it a pandemic or epidemic, um, what it's become and is becoming, I think it all starts with pornography and uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that, but we're going to go to break real quick. We're visiting with Matt Osborne. He's the COO of Operation Underground Railroad. Uh, maybe we'll talk about the name of the organization as well when we come back. I think it's, it's worth mentioning. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back. We're visiting with Matt Osborne. He's the COO of an extraordinary uh, nonprofit organization named Operation Underground Railroad. Um, many of many of our listeners have probably heard of OUR. If you haven't, it's oftentimes synonymous with the name Tim Ballard because Tim was the founder of OUR, and uh, it's been it's been exciting watching how OUR has grown over the last decade, coming up on their ten year anniversary. And seeing the the roles uh, um, evolve, seeing the impact the organization is making, thousands of arrests, thousands of children saved, a robust aftercare program, which we'll talk a little bit about. That's a critical piece of it all. But um, do you mind just sharing, Matt, real quick? And I want to get into the, the, the question of pornography I talked about earlier, because when we talk about finding certainty, we talk about what you are doing kind of on the back end, right? You're proactive, you're you're partnering with law enforcement and others to try to stem the tide of this criminal enterprise. But there are things that could be done on the front end that can make a significant difference. You made a point that this industry, this 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 problem, Americans are the biggest consumers, right, of child trafficking sex trafficking pornography etc we are the instigator it may be happening all over the world but it's usually american tourists who are going out to these countries and participating in this way but how do we get there right how did how did somebody who actually um i digress enough or fall low enough to be a child sex rapist right how how does somebody, I mean, I have a hard time even imagining, even imagining, I think most of us do, because it doesn't, I don't think it happens overnight, right? You don't just wake up one day and decide to be a pedophile, right? Where did it start? And I know Tim has talked a lot about this in his videos. I know this is a, but it's an important topic, I believe, because, you know, the freedom of speech, freedom, freedom of expression, we all think, you know, pornography is this freedom movement or freedom act but i believe it is a 
it is a curse and a problem that if we could nip that in the bud somehow, it would it would have far-reaching effects in this arena as well. W- would you agree? This is probably the most important item to address when you look at the long-term fight against child exploitation, human trafficking, the demand side. We always say no man just wakes up one day at the age of 35, 55, 65 and says, today I'm going to dial up a prostitute. I'm going to get online and and purchase sex, hire an escort. It's a journey of a thousand steps. Well, those first steps are objectifying women, uh, uh, thinking of them as sex objects, or getting hooked on pornography. Now, before we talk about pornography, there is a subset of pedophiles who, again, not excusing their behavior, but it was something that happened to them in the past. They were abused as a child. Something happened to them at a certain age that warped their mindset on what healthy sexual relations are. And I'm not an expert, but you know, if a child's abused at six years old, he may unfortunately grow up to think that a six-year-old is someone worth having sex with, if that makes sense. And so unfortunately, there are hardened pedophiles who, who have this, uh, this abuse that has led to this. But right now, we're seeing more and more sex buyers as being pornography addicts. Now, I use myself as an example, Patrick. It doesn't make me look very good. It's embarrassing, but it's the truth. I'm 51 years old right now. I wasn't a bad kid, but in my teens, if I wanted to look at pornography, I had to go find someone who was over 18 or 21 years old to go to a 7-Eleven to buy that magazine wrapped up in the corner where all you saw was Playboy across the top. Now, cell phones, it's in your face. You can't avoid it. It's on the internet. It's in commercials, billboards with the sexual nature that starts to work on the human brain. The pornography is more addictive than ever. It's racist, it's violent. And uh, the way the human brain works is after a while, looking at a Playboy magazine or, or, or watching a video, after a while, the brain doesn't get the dopamine hit, doesn't get the rush, so it has to be something more. And after a while, just consuming pornography is not enough to give the pleasure you know, centers in the brain what it needs. So you have to go out and be what's called a contact offender and actually go and, and purchase sex or abuse another human being. So that's what we're seeing. And you mentioned a minute ago, the American citizens are the number one producer and consumer of what we used to call child pornography. Now we call it child sex abuse material and now we're the number one supplier of child sex tourists so it's all around the u.s it's all around the world and you rightly say so much of that root lies in the abuse of pornography today well you talk about uh you say it might not make you look good but i think every one of us has been introduced to pornography at one time or, or another i was introduced to playboy when i was eight years old by my neighbor right and it actually became a problem for me for many years where I, you know, I, we talk about addiction, right? The challenge with pornography is that it's like a drug, right? It's like a, a, a heroin or cocaine or alcohol or, or something. And yet it affects your brain, the dopamine hit in different ways. And to your point, it's a slippery slope because after a while, it's not enough to just look at a Playboy. You want to go to Penthouse or Hustler, and that's not enough. You want to go to, you know, Barely Legal and then Teens, and then it, it just goes from there. And before you know it, you're, you're, you need more to have that, that high or that hit 
just like drug addicts who start with marijuana, maybe go to cocaine, end up with heroin or meth, or it's the same sort of cycle. What do we do about it, right? How do we stem the tide on this end of the of that slippery slope where you're trying to attack it on the other end and trying to um, trying to uh, we say shine a light on it, but empower law enforcement, stop the predators, et cetera. But I think it has to be attacked from both ends, legislatively, um, you know, governmentally, as a communities, uh, et cetera, et cetera. There has to be the effort and that that um, I guess the best word is that engagement for all of us from both ends. It really does. Again, Operation Underground Railroad exists to take care of the short-term issue, fighting the human trafficking, going after the predators and traffickers now who are doing this, rescuing the kids who are in slavery. But it's this longer term. And, and with pornography, we have to continue to shine a light on how addicting it is. And I appreciate your, you know, your grace earlier. And you said, look, what's happened to all of us. And it's true. And I use another analogy and it's a true story. Again, 51 years old. I cannot remember what I had for lunch the day before yesterday. I'm really, I have to think what I have for lunch. But right now you said when you were eight years old, me pretty close fifth grade. I can see Patrick. I can see the same images from this Playboy magazine from fifth grade. Isn't that crazy? That's how it gets in your mind. And that's just from a magazine. When you're just looking at pictures, it's not from the video where it's violent and it's audio and it's video. And so many of our children, so many of our youth and adults are getting sucked into this, which is leading them to commit this type of, of, of trafficking, this type of sex buying. So we need to get that word out. You mentioned legislation. Uh, we have partnered with other groups who are advocating Republicans, Democrats, we have to go, and again, my, my opinion, hold big tech responsible for their platforms. It's not enough to say, I can't control what people post on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, TikTok. Yes, you can, because kids, you have to, because kids are getting sucked into this. We have to fight it on the front end. We have to fight it on the back end through aftercare. And with Operation Underground Railroad, we're trying to do a little bit of both, but we can't do it all on our own. And you mentioned other good groups out there, and we love to partner. You know, other groups might criticize us or others. We don't criticize any other group willing to save God's precious children and fight human trafficking, because it really is going to take all of us to combat this. You know, I have to make a comment on that, if I may. Um, there's controversy at times. There's critics, whether it's of the film, Sound of Freedom, other films you guys have done, like Operation Toussaint and others. And I always think, you know, you're either on one side of the line or, a, or the other. You know, anyone who's seeking to, to make a difference in this space, you either encourage them or you are, you are combating them. And so I'm going to put this out to anyone who's listening. If you have anything critical, controversial, negative to say about the efforts that OUR is making and others like them, you need to readdress your priorities because you're doing nothing but harm the efforts to save these children. And so, you know, it's, I mean, look at yourself, look at what you're doing and what you're saying, because I know there's different controversies and things and, and, and questions and so forth, but ultimately, which side of the line are you on, right? I love that. You might not agree with everything. You might not agree with uh, aspects or how it's done or, or whatever, but ultimately you're trying to make a difference at OUR, other organizations like A2 and 
and uh, Polaris and others are just phenomenal organizations. They're they're trying to make a difference. And when we try to poke holes in it, what are we doing? You know, who who are we supporting? Yeah. <laughs> I'd agree more. It's been frustrating to see a very well done movie like Sound of Freedom criticized in so many ways. Again, we, we've never said that this is how trafficking looks in the United States or even in everywhere around the world. But these were stories from our history, from Tim Ballard's history, from Operation Underground Railroad. So if people criticize us, that's okay, because what are they doing, though? They're talking about human trafficking. We actually have heard from a number of organizations who were critical about our methods or about ways we do things, which is all right, and about how we tell stories. They hold Harriet Beecher Stowe model, Uncle Tom's Cabin. But then in the next breath, they say, well, we're so grateful for Sound of Freedom because now everyone's talking about human trafficking. They're donating to our organizations, and we can do more to fight it. So I say, amen, let's continue this. Exactly. You know, you just touched on a little bit of where the name came from, right? And I know Tim talks a lot about this. You as a group talk about how Harriet Beecher Stowe wrote the book, Uncle Tom's Cabin, right? And it was when the public read that book and became aware of the slavery problem and started to understand the travesty of it, that the public got involved. The Civil War came to pass. But the um, the problem was highlighted right i guess that's the best word for it a light was shown on slavery and that's when slavery ended at least at that in, in, in that form right we know it's, there's more slavery today in the world than there was even back in those in those times but um i think it's a really important point and i know sound of freedom has been compared to that as a, as a similar type of public message gratefully it's getting a lot of great uh a lot of great feedback a lot of exposure um, I know that's benefiting you. I know I do want to make a point. OUR doesn't is not receiving any funding from the film Sound of Freedom. Right. We're doing a whole nother episode in a couple of weeks with your d development director, Nate Lewis, um, awesome. focused on fundraising because you need two things. You need engagement and awareness. You need funding, right? The more funding you have, the more good you can do. So that's a whole nother topic we can get into. But I, I, real quickly, you, you talked about how the film highlights certain types of trafficking, right? Overseas, pe kids getting snatched, et cetera, et cetera. But back to the pornography topic, even more trafficking happens and uh, sexual explo exploitation from kids who are being groomed by a family member, by a coach, by maybe a... Uh, a, a swim instructor or somebody like that, right? You want to you want to talk about that for a minute because I think it's a really important point. I know the film's been criticized a little bit because that's not exactly how trafficking happened. Well, it is how it happens in some places, but there's you can't tell the whole story in one you know two hour movie, right? There's right. so many so many layers to it. But this grooming aspect, talking about protecting our kids, talking about avoiding that slippery slope of pornography. I think it's an important point to touch on if real briefly, if you don't mind. Sound of Freedom is based on a true story and really, you know, it was very faithful to that up until the very end. Spoiler alert, Tim Ballard never actually killed anyone, right? We didn't go through the Columbian jungle being chased by FARC rebels. However, his that whole lead up, the cases he worked, I was on that beach rescue. It really was very, very close to being a true story based on what we've experienced. But we're, again, not saying that that's what trafficking looks like in other parts of the world or in the United States. 
In the United States, to your point, Patrick, the vast majority of victims in our country are American citizens. Yes, the border crisis is bringing more kids over the border, but still that's a minority of trafficking victims, as serious as that is, and I don't want to minimize that. But the vast majority of trafficking victims in the U.S. are from broken homes, latchkey kids, kids who have vulnerabilities, they're not getting love at home. So they're susceptible to the groomers you just talked about, groomers who are looking for kids who are out of place, on a one o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon when they should be in school, who's at a movie theater? Who's at a mall? Who's at a bus station? Huh, what does this kid need? Is it money? Is it shelter? Is it love? That's how these kids are being brought in. Then maybe being hooked on pornography, maybe uh, getting some compromising material put out on social media that, hey, if you don't want your mom and your sister and your teacher to see this, you're going to do things for me. That's really how trafficking is happening in the U.S., there are great movies out there about the domestic situation, but we again wanted to talk about it worldwide. And we're so happy that there is a conversation now going on in the U.S. And now the Sound of Freedom is starting to open around the world, Latin America this coming week. More and more people will be realizing this is an issue and we know it's going to be a net positive. Real quick, as you said, OUR doesn't get any of the funds from the film, but as many people can go to OURrescue.org to learn about our group, to donate. And thank you for meeting with Nate soon. He is such a great man, the heart for this, Pat. And can't wait for your viewers and listeners to get to know him as well. Absolutely. Um, I'll put this plug real quick. If you're listening, we're actually focusing on this topic for the next four to five weeks. We have uh, a guest coming next week, Diana Rivera. She's a very popular Latin American artist and, and actress. And she's going to be talking about trafficking and uh, this whole area from a Hispanic uh, perspective, from an artist's perspective. She has a personal story she's going to share in public for the first time. And so we're looking forward to having her. The next week, we're going to be hearing from Jessica Mass, who yes. is over aftercare for OUR worldwide. And to your point, Matt, it is a critical piece. It doesn't do a lot of good to rescue kids if you just throw them back home. It may have been their family, actually, who trafficked them. They need care. They need to heal. They need support. Maybe they need uh, an opportunity to be adopted. You know, there's other things that are so important in this process. And then we're going to be hearing from Nate, uh, Nate Lewis, as I said, and talking about the fundraising side, because to my point, the f more funding you have, the more good you can do. And you have phenomenal abolitionists, as you call them, your supporters who pay every month. I know it covers about a, but only covers about a third of the costs of everything OUR is trying to accomplish so you rely on donors you rely on grants you rely on so much more to accomplish what you're what you're doing and so uh, and then we may have a special guest the, the fifth week we're uh, working on that you all want to make sure you can uh, can uh, be in attendance and not miss that out so that's going to be the next five weeks on certain uh, on finding certainty this is a really important cause we're dedicating an entire month and more to it Matt, you just happen to be the first uh, person in the hot seat. So. <laughs> so anyway, we're up against our next break. But um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about how the company's evolving, where you're headed, what's up next. Uh, you talked about how uh, you were a part of the triple take operation, which uh, rescued you know, over 100 victims. Uh, the, the the scene in Sound of Freedom was just one of three operations that were going on at that time. Uh, and uh, they rescued about 50, uh, 50 kids there. But there were 
what was it, about 150 that were rescued in all. Still one of the largest operations that OUR's ever had to date. Yeah. Right? And so, uh, you know, let's talk about not, not just where you've come from, but where you're going as soon as we get back from break. So thanks for listening, everybody. We're with Matt Osborne of OUR. Don't go away. Be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero-cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty. T-E-A-M, like Mary.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back, everybody. Um, We're visiting with Matt Osborne. He's the COO of a really remarkable nonprofit named Operation Underground Railroad. And uh, you've been there Almost from the beginning, as we were saying, Matt, you've seen it evolve and grow and become really one of the foremost organizations in the world that is combating trafficking, especially child sex trafficking. And there's a lot of organizations out there. Some are working on awareness. Some are working on on um, um, funding and other things like that. But you have a unique approach you've taken. I mean, Tim recruited you and others like you from the CIA and Homeland Security and former Navy SEALs and so forth. And his thinking was, we can we can put a dent in this, uh, this criminal enterprise if we go in and do these sting operations, we go in undercover and set up um, scenarios where predators can be arrested. We can rescue kids, not just wait for the long game, the awareness to grow and public interest and public outrage, you know, to take part, but actually go in and rescue these kids. And 
you've seen that you've been a part of it from the very beginning i i, I don't know if you uh, if there's a story or an example you'd like to share but uh, obviously you we talked about how you were a part of triple take uh, operation triple take which is part of the story in the movie sound of freedom but is there a is there a story or an example from your career that maybe stands out in your mind that illustrates how OUR is different? Well, you're you're tackling it in a very different way from many organizations out there, and I think it's important that people understand why that is and what, how that how that how that differs. We really have evolved so much over the past nine years. Tim Ballard is a great student of American history. His heroes are, you know, the civil rights, civil war area, area, um, you know, Abraham Lincoln, Harriet Beecher Stowe, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass. And I tell you, the criticism we mostly let rattle off our shoulders, the one that makes me mad is when we say, people say Operation Underground Railroad, that's cultural appropriation. No, we're saluting the great abolitionists of the past, and we want to join with them in the, of the modern day slavery fight. And that's where we started. We didn't have enough money to do more than just one operation. And then, then we'd have to go on media. We'd have to have uh, influencers come and help us get money for the next operation. Trip take that you mentioned, October 11th, 2014, when three in three cities across Columbia in a one-hour period, rescuing 123, uh, arresting, or 55 of those were minors, arresting 14. We had the CBS Evening News with us, and they happened to film Tim's operation. That really put us on the map. And so we've gotten to a point now where we've been blessed because of donors and donations to be able to be active around the world. Well, the second mandate we see is sort of, as you talked about earlier in your program, the Harriet Beecher Stowe model, Uncle Tom's Cabin, using entertainment, if you will, a book back then, now today, documentaries and movies, to raise awareness. We want people to realize that this exists. I did not think this existed truly before I got into it. And you asked about something for my career. Well, in the movie, Sound of Freedom, you'll see the Jim Caviezel character negotiating, and Vampiro is there. In real life, he's codenamed Batman, one of our operators, sitting across from traffickers. And if you remember, they're having to laugh and look like they're having cocktails and enjoying. But you can see the unease in the Jim Caviezel's face and Batman Vampiro's face. That was exactly what happened in September of 2014, when Tim Ballard and I were sitting across from the real-life Fuego, the real-life Giselle, or Cathy Juarez from the movie. And I remember my wife had said before I joined OUR from the CIA, she said, you think you're this cool CIA guy, you know, you've done all these things. This is going to be the hardest thing you've ever had to do, sit across from someone who's bartering the life, the health, the freedom of an individual, a human being, as casually as if they're talking about a bag of potatoes, sack of limes, it'll cost this much, it weighs this much, it'll do this much. Sitting across in that scene in the movie, it brought back memories because I wanted to strangle them. I wanted to punch them out, but I had to stay Stay in character. And as Jim Caviezel did, you remember, he leans over and says, you do what we need and you'll walk away with the hundred grand or whatever it was. We were saying, if you provide what you say you have, you will walk away very rich. Well, they bring the kids and we do the arrest and the rescue. But yet it was so hard to keep that in. Every time I do these operations, it just gets to my soul. But yet I know that if we can stay in character, we can rescue these kids, we can get them back to their parents or into vetted aftercare homes. That's what keeps me going and what keeps Tim going and all of our operators. And again, as you said, you're going to meet Jessica Mass here in a week or two. Your audience is going to love her. Never has there been a better warrior for the fight to save kids than Jessica. Well, I met her at the uh, Laguna de Gale Gala, and she is. She's incredible. Um, you know, 
you can't dispel darkness without flipping on a light switch, right? Without going into that cave with that lantern or that that flashlight or that spotlight and lighting and, and, and lighting it up, right? You, you and I've my heart has always gone out to you and Tim and others like you who who have to take on that role. It's got to be difficult. I mean, you, you do. You want to just strangle the guy or the or the or the lady and and you have to pretend like you're okay with it. You know, you have to pretend like you you know, it's uh, you're you're the you're the real deal. You're really a, a trafficker yourself and it's it's got to be difficult, right? But our I think I speak for all of us and just saying our, we we appreciate your efforts. We're grateful for those sacrifices, you know, the the risks that you take to do that and um it's it's important. It's a it's a it's a really a remarkable example to so many of us of how we should be proactive and get creative and be willing to take risks and make sacrifices and you know not to put you on a pedestal but we do appreciate all your efforts i hope you know that but we say we're not the heroes the survivors are the heroes but we are so grateful and one thing is amazing you know there's the problems in law enforcement in the u.s and around the world right there's inefficiencies corruption we understand that but overseas so many times people say how can you work with them they're corrupt they're dirty maybe in some respects but patrick i've never seen a group of men and women more wanting to save kids than in the countries of central america southeast asia africa they don't have the resources and to help them do this is one is the profession professional highlight of my career. And I'm willing, as you mentioned earlier, what Tim said, I hope I'm blessed to do this the rest of my life in some capacity, because as difficult as it is, it also is rewarding. If you can just save one, and fortunately, we've been able to help now over 7,000 in our nine years of existence. It's incredible. Um, you know, as the company's evolving, um, I know you've, you're going through changes as any company does. I own a small business and we built it through the pandemic. We're robbing Peter to pay Paul and, you know, and learning from our mistakes and getting better. And you get to a point where you want your organization to, to be in good hands, right? And run on its own, as it were. You want it to have the recognition, the funding, the, the, um, the credibility and so forth that you could move on and do something else. I, I feel like that. I don't expect to be CEO of certainty management for the rest of my life. I'm already grooming my replacement, right? Because there's other things I want to do. I want to write. I want to continue to speak. I, I, uh, I want to have a bigger voice when it comes to creating certainty in the world. Tim, I think, uh, could resonate with that. I know he's he's moving on to different things. He'll always be a fan and a supporter of OUR. He's the founder. It's his baby, right? I think it's exciting seeing that he's um, progressing and moving into other areas. This film has been a great catalyst. Uh, he's getting a bigger mouthpiece, if you will, a bigger megaphone, right, to, to get the message out. I've even heard rumblings of maybe some uh, interest in politics where he could make a difference uh, legislatively. Uh, with him transitioning to that next role in his life and his career and in this effort, how is that affecting OUR, if you don't mind me asking? I know it's it's tough. He's your biggest fundraiser. It has been forever. His story is amazing. How How are you all adjusting to the change, if you don't mind me asking? 
Right. Yeah, we uh, will always be grateful to Tim for what he did to found this organization. As he said, even in his wildest dreams, he could never see ahead to a time like now. Whereas we say in all humility, but in all truth, the sun never sets on the OUR area of responsibility. The lights are always on somewhere. We have offices in Thailand, in Africa, Europe, Latin America. But now with his high profile, he has a chance to do more. But now he's one of the most recognizable faces in the anti-trafficking movement. He can't go undercover anymore, right? His cover would be blown. So this is an opportunity now for us to continue evolving. The The operation seen in Sound of Freedom happened about nine years ago. And right now they represent actually a small fraction of what we do worldwide. Yes, we still do the big sting operations from time to time. But Patrick, your viewers and listeners would be fascinated to know that so much of what we do now is online, cyber, uh, open source intelligence, digital forensics. You talked about the canine dogs earlier, this type of amazing technique for these dogs to go after child predators. We're now providing more behind the scenes training, even with the federal government providing scholarships for state and local authorities in the U.S. to get the best of the best federal training. So what we're seeing now is that operations are happening. I won't say every day, but certainly every week around the world, multiple times per week, we are now able exponentially to ramp up the number of rescues we are able to do. And yet at the same time, we don't ever want to go away from our his, from our roots of storytelling. Tim always said and continues to say, it's the storytellers that will win this war. Just like, as you mentioned, we talked about Harriet Beecher Stowe. When Abraham Lincoln met her during the days of the Civil War, he said, so you're the woman who wrote the book that started this war. We want to be the organization that puts out the documentary, the movie that raises awareness that ends this war, but we can't do it alone. We're going to continue to partner with other groups around the world. And we're so grateful for this show. And we're so grateful for those you're going to do in the coming weeks when your audience will learn about the depth and breadth of what we do at OUR and Operation Underground Railroad across this fight. That's the key to the future. And really, we could not be more optimistic about the future we have now at OUR. Well, we're very excited about uh, what's happening. You know, the film has been fantastic so many celebrities and influencers and others. I heard a TikTok just the other day from Louis Fonsi. He's one of the, arguably the largest Latin American star in the world, the musician. I mean, he has the number one viewed YouTube video of all time, billions and billions of views. And he's talking about Sound of Freedom, how everyone needs to go see it and how over 2 million children are trafficked every year. And it's unacceptable. And so it's, it's exciting seeing that people with his sort of influence are contributing to this fight. So again, you mentioned earlier, but mention the website, if you don't mind, how can people go and learn more, get involved? They can become abolitionists themselves, donate if they'd like to. Uh, Every little bit helps. Even the $25 a month donation is helping you accomplish what you are. OURrescue.org, OurRescue.org. Learn about the men and women who are on the ground every single day. We can't do it without you. $5 a month, $25 a month. We will do all we can to rescue and rehabilitate God's precious children. And again, as you heard in the movie, God's children are not for sale. And when God tells you what to do, you cannot hesitate. We're humble men and women, but we really are trying to do this. And we couldn't do it without you and without your audience. So thank you so much, Patrick. You're most welcome. Thanks for being on the show, Matt. Come come back next week, guys. As I said, we're interviewing Diana Rivera. Speaking of influencers, we're going to get a perspective from her side of the table, why this is so important, why she's so passionate, and how collectively 
she believes we can make a difference. I know we can. Thanks to you, Matt. We're starting to. And thank you for all your efforts. We really uh, applaud you. We, we support you. We have your backs 100%. So thanks for being here on Finding Certainty. Appreciate it. So much. Take care, guys. Have a good weekend. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Finding Certainty. We hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that you do.